0: Hal, This is the Living in a Body podcast. Thanks for being here. Today is episode 44. It's called The Missing Neighbor, a conversation with Martin Keogh. It goes like this. Recently, I had a long phone conversation with my new friend, Martin Keogh. I'm glad to share that conversation with you here today. Martin and I share the very difficult reality of having been living full creative lives when we were each suddenly taken down by this damn illness. He's been living with a severe version of MECFS since 2018. Martin Keogh was born in Canada, grew up in Mexico, and spent most of his adult life in the USA. He says his bones are Canadian, his blood is Mexican, and his muscles are American. He was a priest, but then he discovered contact improvisation dance. He likes to say that dance saved him from a lifetime in the priesthood. Before MECFS smote him, for 40 years he toured to several continents a year teaching and performing dance. He's the father of four, and now he's the grandfather of four. And he recently published his sixth book. It's a book of poems called Naked Realities. You can find him on Facebook as The Missing Neighbor. So everyone, this is my conversation with Martin Keogh. Enjoy. Hello, Martin.
1: Hi, Hal. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, I've always pictured you being on the East Coast. No, I live on an
1: island in British
0: Columbia. Huh, wow. A
1: very beautiful island.
0: You know, I was just downstairs on my porch reading some poems from your book. Naked realities And every single one I can relate to And that doesn't often happen with me In poetry i just like wow this is speaking my language Thank you so much wow. for this book
1: Oh, Thank you for that It's um, It's been amazing for me With this condition um, And bedridden About 22 hours a day To find That I could write for 15 minutes a day, that I had the brain cells to do that, and that lo and behold, 15 minutes a day can actually become a book that people can hold in their hands and hearts um, after 18 months. So it's like even with this condition, with just that little drip, drip of effort, something can appear.
0: Wow. So does one of these poems take you about 15 minutes? Um,
1: it's funny, there's there's a poet, he's he's dead. Now his name was William Stafford. And he wrote a poem every morning, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And the first year he threw them out every day, but his wife snuck them out of the trash. And at the end of the year, she opened them all up and said, Look, there's like 60 good ones here. And that was his first book. And I'll never forget because I I asked him. I said, "You know, what what do you do if if you don't like the poem?" He said, "I lower my standards." Mm -hmm. Um, So every morning I write one. Well, not every morning, but most, no matter what. But by the time I've edited it and polished it, it's a whole week of fifteen minutes. But just like being physical, if I try thinking for too long, I also crash. So I have to not keep going even when I want to.
0: Mm. And that's because of this illness that you're living with.
1: Yes, which from your, um, from living in a body, I love you calling it myalgic encephalo mellitus, also known as chronic fuck you fatigue syndrome. I'm, I love that.
0: <laughs> that is one of my great contributions to the illness. I think hopefully it will it catch up on.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. Isn't it frustrating? Isn't it? I mean, frustrating is kind of a small word for what it is, but.
1: Yeah. And and it's, it's this thing that, you know, we, we all used to live these full rich lives and now we can't um, because we're punished if we live or even in some ways aspire towards living those lives that we used to have.
0: You know, this reminds me of one of the poems that just jumped right at me. It was—it's right at the beginning of the book.
1: Is it, it's like amnesia. That one.
0: Yeah, it's like amnesia. That's the one. I think that. Yeah, that's the first one. It's like it's amnesia. Every time one. I feel a smidgen better.
1: I forget I am ill and rush into the joy of activity. And again, I find myself falling into the abyss where fatigue has no boundary. All these years later, I rush to the joy of activity every single time.
0: Mm. I so, know I feel smidgen better- uh-huh.
1: i I put that one first because I don't think everybody shares every everything that i've put in the book but that one almost everybody with this Mm. condition knows that that it's like oh i'm a bit better i can i my old self is back yay and then oops (laughs) wham Mm.
0: one of the things i like about the poems is they're 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 short and uh they can be taken within a single bite it says so much in just a few lines Is there a name for this kind of poem?
1: What's funny, I I call them poetic reflections because they're kind of prose but broken into poetry lines. And so I take something that I notice or some feeling that comes up as a result of living with chronic fatigue syndrome, with ME, and I lay it out as kind of as my gut says it right away and i do go back and, and iron the language a little bit and work with sound some but it, it's really it's 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 read very conversationally mm-hmm. um and and sometimes an image sneaks in i, I want to read you one of my favorites um because well it's this one it's no one chooses to get sick illness chooses us summons us consumes us in an instant no one chooses to have their life dismantled their agency impaired no one chooses to live with the three daemons of long-haul illness doom depression and despair after the capacity to choose gets stripped away we sink into an immediate proximity to the bare and fiery filament that bestows life.
0: Would you say that last line again? I need to hear that a couple times. After? After the capacity
1: to choose gets stripped away, we sink into an immediate proximity to the bare and fiery filament. That bestows life
0: <laughs> dang those are some deep words and it it,
1: it feels like we have to, we lose so much like what is still there that's keeping us alive and it's like that very whatever is at the core of life is there keeping us alive mm. and the the photo the painting that's on the cover is from that poem and it's actually um a painting of the annunciation of when i forget the name of the saint who comes down and tells mary that that she's pregnant with god's child and then you see in the image this bright filament in the, in the painting hmm. uh,
0: just so everyone knows, we're reading from a book called Naked Realities, Living with an Invisible Chronic Illness. These are poetic reflections by the missing neighbor. And Martin, I don't I don't think I see your name anywhere on the book. Is that uh was that intentional?
1: That's very intentional, um, on several levels. One is um for the listeners who don't know, those of us with this condition, who's like our lives get smaller and smaller. And there's a way in which we become missing from life. And Mm. we are called the uh, millions missing. Mm -hmm. And I know that I am one of the millions missing because I used to tour and teach dance on several continents a year. Um, I had a very big life Mm -hmm. and it it in a sense, got robbed from me. And so I wanted some way to say that this book is by one of the millions missing. And I thought, oh, the missing neighbor. And also, it makes it gender in spe- uh, unspecific. And because so many more women than men suffer this disease, I think it's 80 or 85%. Mm-hmm. I wanted people who Read it to be able to go. Oh, like any one of the missing millions, the millions missing, could have written this.
0: Wow. Is there a part, any part of you that wants wants uh, credit? Wants Martin Keough to get credit for this? Oh, yeah. Uh, um,
1: <laughs> Hal. To be honest, um. Like in my own, like let's say, Facebook community, I've let people know that I have this. But there's a way in which it's not how I want to be identified is by my illness. Mm -hmm. And that was another reason I didn't want to put my name on the cover as the author of this. I mean, in a way, it's our illness that's authoring this book. Mm -hmm. And wow. I I want people to still visualize me as somebody who's vibrant and athletic and intellectually engaged, um, even though all of those have become such small parts of me. I still want people to see me that way. And there was another reason to have this other name on the cover. Hmm.
0: That's fascinating. You know, I've been, I write this weekly sub stack on living in a body and after today's, which was a little, my mom called, my mom texted me like, me, she was crying. And I was thinking, I gotta, I should lighten this up a little bit. This is getting too heavy and too depressing. And I don't want to be known for someone who's, I don't want to be known as a tragic figure.
1: Mm hmm. And, Yes, yours today was about giving up your position as the music director at the Unitarian Church. I, I read it earlier today and I actually thought it was one of your best. Um, and how you, in a sense, talking about naked reality, you just really put it out there. And for me, that's what I come back to your Substack for um, is when you just like turn the insides out for us mm. to see. And I get so much recognition, like I, I feel so much recognition in your experience and it's helpful to me. So I I wouldn't encourage you to lighten it up. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> right. I, I would say go for the feeling, whatever the feeling uh-huh. is. It helps me anyway, as one of your readers.
0: Well, I'm honored to to know that you're one of my readers. I'm really, really honored. You know, I wanted to hear a little bit more about when this illness first smote you. Like what, what was that transition like from being the vibrant dancer and the athlete to over, over how long did it happen and when did it happen?
1: It happened. I just had my anniversary on October 26th of when it happened. And it was literally one day to the next I was um, actually a week later, I was going to fly to teach this partner dance form that I used to do, contact improvisation dance. I was going to teach in Kiev and then Barcelona. So five days later, I was going to leave. I was sitting at my desk and out of the blue, I had a heart attack. Um, And it really was out of the blue because I had great blood pressure and ate fantastic foods. And I, like I know most of the farmers on the Island here who grow the food, who pull the onions and the beets from the ground. Um, There were people who said I was the model of aging well. Um, And I was 60 and, but still dancing full out. And this heart attack put me in the hospital for four days. They went in and they put in a stent, but, and they said afterwards, okay, everything looks good. Um, but a month later, I, I had this horrible fatigue. So they went in again and they put in two more stents just to be sure and came out and they did a stress test and they said, Martin, um, you're like a bird in a cage and the door is open. You can fly, your heart is fine. And the stress test, which is running on a treadmill for five minutes, um, knocked me out for two weeks. Um, wow. Couldn't get up. And I had the brain fog, and it became clear really soon that something else was going on. And it it became, yep, ME, CFS. Um, I fortunately had a great doctor. She just retired, unfortunately. And I remember her saying to me, she said, Martin, I'm willing to give you this diagnosis, but it's such a sad and hopeless diagnosis that we are going to test you for everything else because I would much rather find something that's treatable. And I actually did not get an official diagnosis for two and a half years. Um, and so at the beginning of this year, I finally got into the complex chronic diseases program at BC Women's Hospital it's the only program of its kind in all of canada and in the very first appointment they said oh yep this is what you've got and in fact you are in the severe category so mm. it was one day to the next that i couldn't dance um and i also and you know, i had several books out before that i couldn't write it took me a long time to realize okay 15 minutes a day i can write So there's one poem in there. I'd love to read this one because it's about the anniversary. I wrote this on the anniversary of the heart attack. And it says, on each anniversary of the outbreak of this illness, for a time I grow despondent. Yet again, one more year passes deep in this crevasse, staring into the rock walls of boundless fatigue. Yet one more year lost in this unending chasm with no maps or signs to direct me towards recovery. After another cycle of seasons, one after the other, I continue to gaze up and there along the top rim of the canyon that ribbon of cobalt blue sky that guides my life
0: mm. wow beautiful beautifully red
1: and you know you know the statistics that only 5% of people with this disease get out of it and Everybody who gets out, it's by something different. so there's nothing that we can look to that says, "Oh, here's the way." And I, I think it's really important for those of us with this disease in a sense to not have naive hope. Um, because in the end, like naive hope leads us to overdo and crash, mm-hmm. but it is good to have some kind of curiosity about. You know, something along the way is going to help us.
0: I think one thing that strikes me about this illness is the in- invisible nature of it. Like you sound so vibrant on the phone, and so alive, and so intelligent, and so f- and creative. And and I imagine, and from from my perspective, people always comment on how good I look. They said, "Oh, you look mm-hmm. great, Hal. I'm glad you're you look great." And mm-hmm. it's just. The invisible nature of this illness is. Do you have any poems about that?
1: I I think I do, and you know what what people don't see right now. I'm I'm somewhat lucid, but I've been preparing for this phone call for days, Mm. and I've been horizontal. I mean, I got up for breakfast this morning, and then I have had an eye mask on most of the day, so that. I can be lucid and awake for you and for our conversation. Um, and <clears throat> so people see me for these moments when I'm I'm actually interacting and and quite present, but they don't see the other 22, 23 hours of the day where I'm mustering.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this.
1: I would love to read the last one in the book. Ode to the Good Doctor? No, I Know I Will Recover. Oh, there Um, it is.
0: I Know I Will Recover. Yes, it's...
1: Again, I I think hope is not the most healthy emotion to have with this illness, that, that hope leads to overdoing um, I know for me it does, but there's a way in which each moment of the day, if I'm just curious about where I am in the moment and what beauty is around me and what, where I can make connection within my limitations, that attitude seems to help me help sustain, sustain me. So the last poem in the book goes like this, um, Poetic Reflection. I know I will recover against all the evidence and all the odds, I know this to be true. My symptoms will ebb away. My cells will regenerate. I will live a life brimming with vitality, stamina, and the constitution of an ox. To not shatter into a million pieces each week, month, and year, I'm compelled and duty-bound to hold and trust this to be true. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Uh. Mm. You know, I've been, uh, I've recently been in touch with someone who is having some success with a particular diet and, It's very, it's very extreme. And I, I don't, (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is, have you tried dealing with that, dealing with my own thinking of, have I tried this yet? Have I tried this yet? Like, what if this is the thing? What if this is the thing? And there's always Mm -hmm. that little question of what have I not tried yet? That might be the, that might be the thing that gets me out of this. Do you uh, do you deal with that, too, in your own thinking?
1: I do. And so many people propose so many things to try. And I always um, now come back and say, do you know anybody who this has really helped? And one of my current doctors in this program says, there's so many things out there that will actually help you for a month but they're they're not Hmm. sustainable long term a lot of them is because you've put so much mental energy into them that they're they're going to work so i'm if enough people say oh this has helped them then you know something i might give a a try to so but there's some supplements I take because enough people have said, hey, this really helps me. And my experiences, they help me. Mm. And then at this program, they've prescribed this trio of, of medications to me that do not do anything for my physical stamina, but they really help my mental stamina and also a little bit my social stamina. The fact that I'm here talking to you on the phone is really helped by these meds. And so mm. – I'm I'm happy to treat the symptoms, um, to make to have little increments of things being better. But of course, I think the hardest thing and the most helpful thing is pacing.
0: Yes, <laughs> that is the Doing hardest thing. Less. The hardest yep. thing and the most helpful thing. For yeah. creative guys like us, or for creative guy like me, I just want to go. I just want to. If I get energy, I want to use it to create something.
1: Yes. And Hal, I see you, you know, let's say, oh, you're traveling to Texas to see your daughter's play or you're traveling to Chicago to go to a, a oh. concert. And I just go, my God, how do you do it? Um, <laughs>
0: those were both questionable. They, I think they paid uh-huh. me worse.
1: Yeah, it's it's those things we want to do them so badly. I mean, it's your daughter. You want to see her in the show. And then it's like, oh, God, what is, what is the price that we're going to pay so, so sometimes I, I'm here going, Hal, don't do it. Don't do
0: it. <laughs> I know you and the rest of the CFS community have have learned their lesson. Hey, coming back to the naked realities, were you a poet before this, uh, before the illness? Or were you a writer?
1: I was a writer, but I never thought I would put out a book of poetry. And... It is a big surprise to me. And I I love language in my teaching. I I was known, you know, even though I'm a dancer, I was known for my use of imagery and language to get people moving because Mm -hmm. I found good image could really get people moving like they had never moved before. And so images move in my veins. And so somehow now they move out towards these poems each morning. These poetic reflections about this condition that you and I unfortunately have to share.
0: Well, Martin, thanks so much for this conversation. It's really been it's really been nice to talk with you. I love hearing your perspective.
1: Thank you for having me. And um, just to let people know, I'm I'm on Facebook and Instagram as as the naked naked the missing neighbor.
0: The missing neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yes and missing
1: neighbor uh, yeah i put up a reflection once a week and so people they can get the book or they can just follow me um on one of those two places so Hal, thank you for all that you do um for educating people on this for doing it with such candor and thank you for having me here today this has actually been
0: quite fun I know. I think it was fun too. I, maybe I'll keep doing this interview kind of or this conversation kind of thing. Yeah.
1: And Hal, I was serious what I said you're you're um, living in a body. I, I when I see it in the email box, I I get excited.
0: Huh, wow. And, um.
1: And it's because you talk so eloquently and honestly about this disease and so like today it was this mixture of in a sense what has been most precious for you and you having to say goodbye to it and it was incredibly moving i didn't think it was heavy at all actually it was it was full of feeling I would not have put the word heavy on it. Hmm. But that's the perspective of somebody who's who's got the disease reading it. I'm sure your mother will have a much different mm-hmm. perspective. <laughs> I'd like to meet your mom. I imagine she's quite full of beans, actually. She's quite, Joanna. She
0: is quite full of beans, exactly. <laughs> okay how we should hang up this is too much fun all right (laughs) i look forward to the next time martin thank you
1: me too okay thank you bye-bye
0: all right that's episode 44 for you thank you so much for listening i appreciate you being here have a great saturday and as i usually say enjoy living in that body of yours today body you got enjoy all right bye-bye see you next time bye